0: It's Judy Warner, welcome to DesignCon 2023. We're here with the Ecosystem Booth with the first keynote speaker of the exhibit day, who's Devin Billings, who is, Devin, I'm gonna let you say what your long title is (laughs) and tell us a little bit about your role at Boston Dynamics.
1: Sure. Um, My title today is uh, (laughs) Associate Director of Electrical Engineering Research and Development. Um, So that means uh, I'm part of a research and development team, Um, developing electrical technologies for future generations of robots.
0: Okay, so because I was here setting up for having this conversation with you, I'm sorry I missed it, but I've already (laughs) heard the buzz about it. So can you tell us a little bit about, um, I read in your abstract, about sort of next-gen things that's really going to break down some barriers to robotic development specifically, and it sounds like you're really at the pulse of that work. So can you tell us... Really, what you covered in your talk and what you're excited about today?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think when people think see our videos for robots, uh, they don't really think about all the electrical engineering that's embedded all throughout the robot. And so, you know, one of the purposes of my keynote was to get electrical engineers excited about the industry of robotics, and and that all these incredibly diverse aspects in the field of electrical engineering are present. So, you know, um, battery design and high-speed data systems and networks and embedded uh, microcontrollers and mixed signal design and analog signal conditioning and high-density compute, efficient compute. All this stuff is going on in the robots, and um, we're so captivated by, like, how they behave that you don't think about it, you know.
0: Well, um, I shared with you before we started recording that it was at Altium and one of my favorite things I got to do was work with either professional teams or academic teams and one of the teams I got to work with was um, Houston, oh I'm going to forget it, Houston Dynamics, no I'm going to forget the name anyways, I'll share I'll share that link in the show notes, but they made a undersea robot that okay. was like a transformer, so it would Obviously, it had all the electrical systems and it had to go into water. And one thing they talked about was um, we actually went out and filmed in the NASA pool where they yeah. have the space station underwater okay. and they would go down and there was a target and the it would deploy like the transformer and then pick up a, a piece and you could see the electrical engineers going come on, Grabby, come on, Grabby. Cause, and they were explaining, like, it's looking at this device now, it's deciding what it is, yeah. how hard it is, how close it is. Well,
1: and they're underwater.
0: And they're underwater. So do
1: they have a tether? Like, for yes. data? Yes, yeah, let's... so
0: they had a tether. But what impressed me about that, because I'm such a fan of all the Boston Dynamics amazing marketing videos, is I, when I see all the degrees of motion, say that Atlas have, or that Spot has, and seeing how long it took this robot to think about grabbing something and then watching your robots do parkour, my mind sort of exploded.
1: Yeah, that's the idea. It's like we we want to make a robot that acts the same way a human would or an animal would or, you know, has that sort of like inspiration behind it where it's like it's just graceful and does the thing the way you would expect any person to do the thing or you know, or an animal to jump across some rocks or something like that. That's the whole goal. But underwater, underwater robots are amazing. And what's so fascinating to me about underwater robots is when you really go to deploy a robot like that, you don't have a wireless communication link to the robot. So it's gotta go do this, everything on its own. I'm yes. sure that's what that team is working on. Yes. So, yeah, I'm a fan of all that stuff. Right. Plus you get to do, well, a lot of those companies get to do ocean trips and stuff like that. Right. <laughs> yeah, they're cool.
0: Well, I know. I. For so many years, I was in the, the really high-end PCB industry, particularly in RF and microwave, mm-hmm. and people, you know, the civilians would ask me what I do for a living, and I can never explain <laughs> that, as you know. Yeah. And I say, well, <laughs> I get to go on the best field trips on the planet.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can imagine it's hard to explain RF PCB design <laughs> to like, you know, <laughs> random people. But So
0: what are some of the challenges you have you know, on the back side of what we just impact is the amazing integration of all those disciplines makes this graceful moving robot. So as an electrical engineer who has seen across all those challenges, what has inspired you, challenged your team? Uh, you know, to me you get to go live in a well, happy field trip every day. It's not hard.
1: Is it? <laughs> you know, like you just... <laughs> you see the robot do a backflip in person, it's pretty inspiring, you know? Um, And it's so cool to work in a team where like, well, I I talked about in the keynote how there is this diverse uh, spectrum of electrical engineering, really deep work that has to be done to enable the robots. And it's just, and then, so you have this amazing electrical team and then you look at the mechanical team and the software teams and the controls teams and it's like, it's the same for them. They're doing like this huge array of orthogonal work, like it doesn't all fit together neatly. And it's like the the thing that makes the robot so awesome is that we fit it together neatly, you know? Yes. And it's like, it's a, it's a fascinating field. Yeah.
0: I really appreciate that. And it's really the inspiration behind the podcast is meeting engineers like you, because it really is an ecosystem that needs to be dissimilar parts being put together and almost a dance right yeah
1: yeah and it's team collaboration yes really it really requires the right kind of collaborative culture you know and it not just requires it like you just want it to be collaborative because it you know like every day when we design something it's like uh electrical engineers mechanical engineers controls engineers like roboticists and software engineers and you can't It's like we're balancing everything between them all the time. It's kind of like an awesome workflow. So
0: So, um, you were talking specifically, at least in your abstract, was talking about some progress specifically around chip design. What are you inspired about, excited about? Because you mentioned having new breakthroughs um, kind of on the horizon. Yeah,
1: well, well, you know, you have this whole electrical engineering, electronics industry continuing to make progress. And when the industry makes progress, we can make progress. Like right. they everything they're doing, you know, a, a more powerful microcontroller comes out with more peripheral interfaces. And it's like, you know, that we look at that and go, oh, man, that opens doors that I didn't have open before. And I can make my design smaller and I can have more data in and out or whatever. Um, and that's true for like, all the areas in electrical engineering. Power management is like this unsung, you know power regulation, distribution, and management is like this unsung challenge. Like, yes, you know, it is. and it's like pervasive everywhere and you just gotta learn it and be good at it. And yeah, and so when a company like, uh, you know, comes out with some next generation product that helps you regulate power in a smaller package or integrates a bunch of power management features that weren't there before, well, then we use it. It makes right. the robots better. Right.
0: So. so you're seeing all this rise of yeah. power management. Uh, you know, Steve Sandler is a good friend of, of mine in the show, and we just did a podcast, and he was talking about the disconnect between power electronics and power integrity. Like, it gets thrown over the wall. Yeah. But I'm sure it can't get thrown over the wall at Boston Dynamics.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's everything, too, you know. So, I yeah, I... Um, the power regulation side and the the um, just overall distribution of power, we have a real challenge in robotics where we need to deliver incredibly high peak power to all these actuators all distributed across like this crazy weird shape. And that's like super complicated Mm -hmm. you know and you don't even think about it but
0: no absolutely so do you do that with cabling do you what what without giving away your secret sauce of course oh
1: sure like every way you think of that's how we do it I see you know yeah but I can't give away any secret sauce so
0: so um one thing I have enjoyed over these 40 years working with um all kinds of electrical engineers is, and I can see it on you especially, is the sense of passion you have around that. So can you tell us a little bit about when you knew you were going to be an engineer, <laughs> what you broke at your mom's house, <laughs> or what you didn't break?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I thought I wanted to be an architect when I was a little kid. And then uh, you know, I'm a kid of the 90s and like personal computing the sort of explosion of personal computers mm-hmm. happened while I was like 13, 14 years old. And then uh, my grandfather bought this book, PC, PC Repair for Dummies. And I used to go to his house and he would dumpster dive for old like 286, 386 like computers. I remember those. Back when like there's a million ISA cards and like it was actually really, con- now it's all integrated onto one board and you're done. Yeah. But back then you had like, you know, I, I, <laughs> the hard drive control, SCSI hard drive controller yeah, and the VGA Scuzzy. controller and all the cards had. It. And so he'd find all these broken computers and dumpsters and I'd go to his house and we'd go through PC repair for dummies when I'm like 15 and fix them. And I had built, you know, functional computers for like cousins and stuff that way. So I think that's what really got me into it.
0: And then you had the knack, right? Have you heard that video about the neck?
1: No. no. Okay. I'm going to share that with you. You'll <laughs> okay. appreciate it. All right.
0: Um, what do you think the challenges are ahead? Well, first I'm gonna ask you about robotics. So as you look ahead the next three to five years, um, you know, so much is happening not only in electrical systems, mechanical, all this amazing integration where I don't think you can work in a silo anymore, yeah. and I'm sure you do not. Um, what are the challenges you see ahead as you see things like the speeds, the data speeds rising, AI is rising, um, you know, more robotic. Did I tell you that we had a robot deliver coffee and creamer to our door this morning? Great. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I thought of you right away. Um, so I think there we're, we may be approaching that time where robots become more ubiquitous, like what do you imagine is coming challenge-wise and what are you looking forward to and you see as enablers?
1: Yeah, I mean, I there's like this um, vision of the get me a beer robot, right? It's like, <laughs> hey, robot, go get me a beer, right? And it's funny, but what's built into that challenge is navigation, autonomy, um, body control, and ha- like not running into your walls, not kicking your door frame, opening the fridge, identifying the correct beer, picking it up without crushing the glass like it's actually got all of the robotics challenges in it you know so um yeah what do i think are the big challenges uh i think optimizing compute for better power efficiency is a big okay. one uh, That's i think a good one. i think um there is a model that is pretty pervasive that edge devices send their data to the cloud and then the cloud Mm. sends it back and you don't need that much compute at the edge Mm -hmm. and that's not true for robotics
0: okay so super um computing heft
1: that's part that'll be a challenge yeah and so i think like there's there's wireless challenges in there too yeah because if you have better wireless maybe you can send it to the cloud right um, or you can send it somewhere else so yeah i think compute wireless is a big challenge um yeah, those are the big ones, I think, on the electrical front. And then just the continual improvement of component-level technologies like machine vision systems and things like that.
0: Mm-hmm. What what role does machine vision play on?
1: <laughs> a lot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, that... the robot has to see the world, interpret the world, not run into things, decide, and then eventually semantic label a whole scene. You know, we, we want, we have like a lighthouse vision, right? Well, robots should be able to do anything a person can do. Um so it walks through where we are now it should be able to identify the bottles of water on the table and the microphones and the phone and understand what it can do with those things um so yeah i mean that's the idea of what we want uh robots to be able to do in the future and so that's a lot of so yeah
0: it is it looks easy on the surface you guys make it look flawless and we all obviously by the by the millions have of you views, seen the blooper reels, che-
1: <laughs> the blooper no. reels are out there. You gotta okay, check them out. Okay, we're gonna check
0: those out. So, no, I haven't seen the blooper reels. I have seen a couple of the fumbles, like when Atlas did not pull off the yeah. flip.
1: <laughs> it can crash pretty hard sometimes. And it's like it's all uh-oh. part of it. Yeah. You
0: know? So, um, now, most engineers I know, and I'm geeky enough to to love those videos and watch them like everybody else. Um, you know, there's a lot of buzz in the industry right now. About there being a a shortage of um, electrical engineers in the industry, Uh, I imagine everybody wants to work at Boston Dynamics. Do you ever run? uh, A lot of my colleagues in the industry are like, we are having trouble sourcing engineers. Has that been a problem for your team?
1: I mean, yes and no. We have a lot of like we're you know we're we're sort of a prominent company. People know about us, so we do have a lot of um, people that apply for roles. Um, I guess I would say that, you know, it, it's, it, that doesn't mean it's easy to find talent, you know. And um, the thing I, I think I'd want to get across to electrical engineers is we're looking for electrical engineers, not necessarily robotics engineers. So, hmm. you, you know, a background in robotics is certainly not a requirement to work at a robotics company. And we are dealing with all the same challenges that like a lot of other people at this show are, are dealing with. Signal integrity, power delivery... Um, batteries, all that stuff I talked about. so you know um, robotics doesn't need to be a credential for you to apply to a robotics company. Uh, any expertise in any of those fields qualifies you at least in part and so you know I guess I would encourage everybody out there who who are, is is passionate about electrical engineering think about robotics you know we need we need you guys
0: <laughs> yeah, right well, that's a that's an exciting inspiring. Um, message, I think, and thank you so much. It really has been my honor. I've been as geeky about Boston Dynamics and the work you've done. Um, On a fun note, I was doing a little bit of research on you about you trying to onboard some kind of power system onto Spot. It was something about (laughs) margaritas. I don't know. Do you know anything about that,
1: Devin? Uh, Yes. I... (laughs) (laughs) My friend Max and I designed the margarita payload uh, so we made spot <laughs> well we made spot um, we it has payload ports the first payload we were going to I mean, we were like well we should make a payload as a design validation of our payload ports what should we make well uh, now I'm he owned a 18 volt cordless margarita maker and it says a lot about him <laughs> 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 but um, so we were like, we could totally put this on the back of the robot. I uh, did a little PCB to regulate robot power to 18 volts and provide power to the margarita maker. And we, he did a little mechanical mount. And we had the robot walk around and serve everybody margaritas at a company party. <laughs> so.
0: Well, you are in the right place this week. <laughs> let me tell you. Um, you, you. People here will love that story because every engineer I know, could relate to that story so again thank you so much I hope we have a chance to talk again thank you so much for investing the time to come here I'm sure you're going to be a huge inspiration to a lot of engineers here
1: I hope I hope people get fascinated and interested in robotics
0: well we need more passionate engineers like you so thank you so much for joining us today and taking time out of your busy schedule and and uh, thank you to Boston Dynamics for all your work that really inspires the whole industry
1: thanks glad to be here Oh,